0: Oh, bring it. Oh, so good. Hello, CityNet Church. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. And, uh, and my wife, Gosha, she says hello as well. And uh, hopefully you will be able to understand some of what I say this morning. I have no idea what he was saying for the last five minutes. <laughs> so I assume it was good. He seemed to be pointing at me and just gesticulating in a nice and kind manner. So that was... So good, that's excellent, I love, like where is he, oh there you are Dom, you've got, you've got the Australian lingo, you're like, you're a proper Aussie guy, with, uh, with all the little, what did you say, something about, jo- stop the, jo- Johnny on the spot, I have, honestly, if I had no context I would have no idea what you were talking about. Whatsoever, even though my pastors are Australian and uh, Dave and Jenny say hello if any of you guys know them or seen them at conferences uh, in the region and uh, uh, me and Gosha, we're part of Hope City Church uh, which we've we're kind of got ourselves all over the place these days and uh, just come here this week to be at Presence Conference Which is our C3 conference down in Sydney. And then uh, last year we were with uh, Dave Connett over in Newcastle. Uh, Great. And we love the INC guys. And so. Um, hence today happening. Just such a great honour to be with you guys. I just, am just really sad that. Uh, well, it's great that uh, Pastor Peter's over in uh, Argentina, but I get to miss him. Uh, and uh, last, in fact, last time I saw Peter in the flesh was about 15 years ago when he preached for us. And uh, and I, I actually remember him preaching because he was the. He used slides and visuals for almost every sentence of his message. <laughs> and. Uh, so when people didn't do that, uh, so he was already on the, on the curve there, you know, bringing all that, uh, just speaking and communicating. So it's great to have you, great to be here. Thanks to uh, Pastor Melanie and Laura for looking after us yesterday and, and, and uh, welcoming us into your house. It is a pleasure to bring the Word of God uh, to you this morning. And I, and I, and I kind of hope, I kind of felt, you know, just asking the Holy Spirit, you know, what's, what do you want me to do today? And I just felt um, that I wanted to come to encourage you. You know, and that's my main aim today, is just to encourage you guys, to encourage you in your journey, and I know you guys have been on the journey these last 12 months, and there have been lots of changes and lots of things going on, and, and we're here really just to encourage you, and to bless you, and hopefully uh, connect you into something of the next season that God has over your life. Does that sound okay? Does that sound encouraging? Uh, would, you just, would you just stand with me just as we begin, just quickly, just to pray, and I uh, want you lift your hands to heaven uh, this This morning. Father God, we just want to thank you for this place. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in this church and that, uh, Lord, the incredible seasons that are ahead uh, are only just beginning. We just pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you speak to us this morning? Uh, Well, we open our hearts to you, we open our minds to you. We want you to, we don't want just another ordinary Sunday morning. We don't want to spend the next few minutes warming up to your presence, Lord. We want to be in your presence right now. We want to know that you are God, that there is no other God. Lord, help us to put those other thoughts aside. Help us to put, other, put the rest of the day aside, the plans that we have for the day, the plans we have for the week. Put the and the, conf- and the and the crises aside, Lord. We pray, Lord, help us just in this moment to know that you are good and that you are great, that there is no one else. There is no one else that we want to center our lives around. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, come, open our hearts and minds to hear your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Fantastic. Well, you can take your seats, and if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, let me, let me uh, read from this, and then I can introduce myself a little bit more to you as well as we go along. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, and it's the story of Jesus uh, walking on the water. My title for my message today is Unfamiliar Waters, which is what's popped up on the screen, I think, behind. Boom, there we go. And, uh, but this is the scripture. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says this. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Don't you love it when Jesus turns up? Like he does bring peace. Have you noticed that? Church, that when he comes into your life, maybe you're here this morning and you're like, I I have no idea why I turned up to church today. Uh, You can take courage. It's okay. You're in a good place. And uh, the peace of God is here. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. And Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Uh, let me ask you a question this morning: Have you ever done anything scary? Have we got any kind of like you know thrill seekers uh, in the room? Anyone done a bungee jump? No. I'm looking around, and some of you are, like thinking, "Not a chance in the earth." I'm supposed to be part. Of it. I was born in 1976. I mean, gosh, I just turned. Uh, I think I turn, I've, I've stopped counting. You know, you, is anyone else at that age you just stopped counting? You don't care anymore. Uh, I think I'm 42 or something this year. And uh, and so uh, so I'm supposed to be part of the Generation X. Uh, the, and we were the thrill seekers. We were the you know we, were, we were the generation that was like you know no fear. That was our that was our that was our T-shirt logo. You know, uh, the, only, the only thing is that I realized that going through that sort of uh, generation, I, I, the, the way I dealt with the no fear aspect was to not do anything scary. <laughs> So I, I'm a bit of a whim, to be honest, and uh, I, I kind of like, I'll, you know, if, if people are doing uh, scary things or crazy things, I'm, I'm generally the one who's at the back of the queue, hoping that, you know, they kind of run out of places uh, before you get there. I thought it was quite funny because we're going to be hanging out with um, uh, Pastor Beck and, and, and Damo, isn't it, Damo, uh, this afternoon, and they said, hey, yeah, let's, let's go shopping. I'm like, yeah, go shopping. And then it's like, let's go to Dreamworld. And I thought, that sounds cool. And then I realized there's lots of roller coasters in Dreamworld. So I'm going to need a lot of peer pressure this afternoon to get on anything that looks reasonably scary because I'm kind of a little bit of a wimp in those kind of areas. It's the chink-chink it's the of a roller coaster. It's just the worst, it's like, the, it's the worst sound in the world. You know when you sat on those roller coasters and, and it's chink-chink-chink? It's just for me. It fills me with just dread. I actually love it when you get over the top. There's something, maybe there's a message in that as well. You know, if you can just get over the top and uh, it's kind of fun, and you get your hands up in the air, and you know, it's like yay. But before that, it's it's horrible. And so I will be uh, looking slightly sheepish probably uh, this afternoon if we're facing any roller coasters but i, I, I kind of looking back i, I thought what, what is what is the most scariest what's the scariest thing i've ever done in my life and i realized that the scariest thing i ever did in my life was ask my wife Gosha out on a date for the first time like i was i was like you gotta understand, i mean you know it's quite funny uh, a lot of preachers look very much like extroverts but but i am i'm quite an introvert um, I'm kind of I've got that kind of weird scale I'm, I can be extrovert in I can be very sanguine in public in certain circumstances or when I need to but then I really like to just go back and uh, you know just be by myself in fact this week uh, there's about 40 of us from the UK so all of our we've got we've got seven or eight locations I'll lose track now in, in the UK of Hope City Church and so all the lead pastors have come with some of their teams then we've got the guys who are from abroad as well we've got guys who are in KL they've met us here so there's been about like 40 maybe 50 of us uh, having breakfast every morning, go to conference every day, then you're going to conference, you know, it was like, you know, a few thousand people with lots of C three church leaders from all across the world. So we've been, you know, you're kinda of networking and you're at lunchtime, like, ah oh, hey, great to see you doing all this. So I have to say by Thursday I was starting to lose it. And uh, and on Friday morning, the guy said, "Let's all go to Bondi Beach. Uh, We'll skip the uh, kind of the the masterclasses that were going on, and then we'll come to the conference in the afternoon." And uh, and I actually almost cried in the shower. I was like, "I I can't go. I can't do it. I can't go anymore." So I said to Gosia, "You go, (laughs) because she's the sanguine. She's the party girl." (laughs) That sounds really bad, doesn't it? Uh, she's, she's the one who actually, she's, she's my secret weapon in any kind of situation because she'll keep talking and talk and ask lots of good questions and I'll just look there and look really intelligent. And, uh, and so she went off to Bondi Beach and I hid in my bedroom. For the morning. Anyway, don't know why I told you that. Why was I telling you that story? Okay, anyway. Uh, sca- oh, yeah, so the scariest thing. So, so I was so so introverted that I didn't even want to go out with myself, all right? So, so asking Gosia out was just this huge thing. And we were at Bible college. I'd been there for a year. And uh, she came for the second year. She, uh, Gosia's from Poland, if you're trying to work out where the name's from. And so she came for 10 months and has never gone back, which is great. Um, great for me. She didn't plan that. But, um, and so she came, and so she, she sort of turned, up uh as i was a second year she was one of the first years and we were checking all the first years out uh to see who would be the next person to ask out not not me of course because i never asked anyone out but then she kind of bowled me over and uh love at first sight she's my first girlfriend how cool is that and so uh within within a few days we were going out which was amazing but i i I just talked to her I, i talked her into going out with me by just simply talking to her for like two hours about anything and everything until I finally plucked up the courage to ask her out. And uh, thankfully, the rest is history. And we've got two awesome kids uh, who are stuck at home and uh, just uh, not missing us one bit, which is amazing. You know, you think we keep, we keep FaceTime, we FaceTime this morning and, uh, and they're like, yeah, 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 get away, get on with the day. So, um, so that's cool, So uh, lovely family and uh, all going really well. But I wonder if you, uh, well, where, where on earth am I going with all of this? Uh, I've done many crazy things in my life. Um, but here's what I realized about those kind of crazy or scary moments when you're stepping out of yourself. If it's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing scared. You know, if it's, worth, if it's worth asking the girl out, if it's worth going for the job promotion, you know, if it's worth starting the family, if it's worth setting something new up in your life, if it's worth doing, then it's worth doing. Scared, And if it's, worth, if it's worth stepping out and seeing the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life, come to fulfillment, then it's worth doing scared. Uh, because, because safe places are only safe because nothing ever happens there. Nothing happens um, in a safe place because it doesn't take any faith to live in a safe place. It doesn't take any faith, and, and the Bible never speaks of anything, never never talks about the kingdom of God being a safe place. If anything, it's the contrary. It talks about the kingdom of God. Uh, you, you know, it's a, it's not a matter of talk, but it's a place of power. Um, that there's, there's stuff that's always going on. We don't have a spirit of timidity. We have, a, we have a spirit. God gives us a spirit of power, of love, self-discipline. There's stuff happening. There's engagement taking place. There's, there's faith taking place that God wants to lead us into the new things that he has for us. And, and Jesus hasn't called us to live a safe life, but he's called us to live a faith life. Uh, and I want to pray and I love, I was listening to, uh, Pastor Molly was telling us about you guys yesterday and we were just hearing some of the stories and, and just knowing that God, God's got miracles for you and God's got breakthroughs for you and God's got, you know, God's got new seasons for every one of us but they're not taken hold of by those who choose to live in the safety and the comfort of what we have been used to. God wants to get you out of that boat. He wants to get you out of the unfamiliar, uh, out, out of the familiar and into unfamiliar waters. You know, this is where Peter found himself that day. You know, as we read this story, Peter found himself looking out over unfamiliar waters. This was not the normal kind of day. For him. He was a fisherman. Yes, he's been in a boat and he's probably been in a storm before, but he's never faced someone walking on water before. He's never seen he even Jesus was being unfamiliar in this moment. Jesus was doing something that he'd never seen Jesus do before. There was nothing in his frame of reference or in his understanding from his experience that was gonna help him deal with what was happening in this moment. And I, I like you know, if you've got a Bible, then you probably look at the Bible and the Bible's probably got a title to this little passage and the title is most likely I'm pretty sure 100% of the time in any Bible translation it's called Jesus Walks on Water Uh, and yet I like to kind of think of this story as the story of Peter walking on water because Jesus is God so Jesus can walk on water if he likes that's what I figured. Jesus is able to do that. You know, if God wants to defy the law of natural physics, then that is up to him. But I love this story because it's about a guy called Peter who is just like you and just like me who walks on water. I really relate to Peter. Does anyone anyone else really relate to Peter? Because Peter was clumsy. Everyone, put their hands up now. thinking, I'll put my hands up. You know, Peter, Peter made mistakes. Peter did stupid things. Peter said stuff to Jesus that he regretted. And, uh, you know, Peter kind of just lived that life. And yet God uses Peter. Peter in, in, in incredible ways it's it, Peter becomes the the one in which Jesus begins to build his church and, and creates a, a leader in him to to do great things with but it but you know it all kind of wrapped up with these great stories of Peter just doing crazy things for him and in this but this is a good story of Peter because he steps out in faith he steps out of the familiar out of the boat and he gets into some unfamiliar waters with his faith in Christ, but because the, pro- the but here's our problem. Our problem is that we like familiar. We like familiar. You know, we 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 like we like familiar because familiar is safe. Familiar is unoffendable. You know, f- the familiar is comfortable. Uh, I remember uh, a number a few years ago. Um, me me and Gosha we uh, we went to visit her parents in in Poland, and we had to stay at her grandma's. And uh, the problem with her grandma's house was her grandma only had a kind of kitchen dining room table, and uh, and that was it. There was no sofa. I missed my sofa. Okay, who misses? If you go away for a few weeks, you know you kind of don't you miss your own bed? There's something we've been away now for like. You know, just over a week now. Thankfully, most of the places we stayed with have been fairly, have been nice and comfortable, uh, especially this weekend. But, um, but it's, but, uh, but it, you never, you can't, you can't beat your own bed, can you? And we stayed, we were staying at, at her, um, her grandma's house. For a week and I thought this I can do it I can do it for a week that's fine just sit at the kitchen table every single day that was our place of comfort and then and then there was a massive volcano kicked off in Iceland and threw an ash cloud over the entire uh, country of uh, the entire continent of Europe that stopped all air travel and we were stuck in Poland for an additional uh, I think about another eight or nine days and uh, we had to train it back home we had to we had to get on a we had to go cross country across Europe and uh, Ferry my dad came and picked us up all that stuff, but I remember just getting back home and walking in, the first thing I did as I walked back into our house was go and sit on my sofa and go, thankfully, I am home, because we love our familiar, we love the familiar, We, we don't like it when people change things. We don't like it when things are moved around. We like our little boats. We like to bob up and down on the lake in our boat. We like to dream of the places that we're gonna go in our boat. We like to, even in the storms, we'll hide in our boat because our boats are comfortable and we just ask that you don't ask us to get out of our boat because it's a safe place for us. But there's a problem, isn't there, with the safe? Because nothing ever happens in the safe, turn your neighbor and say, "Nothing happens where it's safe." Are you feeling safe right now? Just to check with the other neighbor, and just see if they're just see if they're feeling kind of safe right now, because um, you know you weren't created to live in the safe. I don't know if you realize this, but from the very moment you were born, from the, in that first instance of birth, you, were, you you left the safety of your mother's room and you entrusted your life uh, into the hands of your parents and it's the same when we're born of the spirit it's the same when we're born of God that we that we leave the safety of our old lives and we we entrust our hands our lives and our and our comfort and our and 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 we entrust all of ourselves into the hands of our father because because the the thing about the familiar is the we like the familiar because the familiar makes sense it makes sense the familiar it's 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 it's, it's the place that we understand things. And when people ask us to do familiar things, then, then that's okay because we know how to do that. And if we know how to make a great coffee, then, then someone has to make great coffee. We're in our good zone. And you guys love your coffee. Like, Australians love their coffee. Is any, anyone, you know, I, I, I've got a feeling there isn't a ground of instant coffee in this entire nation. Because uh, you guys love coffee. Your coffee, you love what's familiar, but um as Peter gets out of this boat, that's there, he steps, he steps out of what makes sense into what was unknown. You know he was he was a fisherman, he was a young lad, he was just, uh, you know, we've got to get away from the Hollywood pictures of old men around Jesus. You know, Jesus had a bunch of, just, he, he got around a y- bunch of young adults, a bunch of young men uh, who were just full of life, full of excitement, and he pulls them together. And he says, come on, I want to make you fish as a man. And so he takes them on this incredible journey. But, but here we find ourselves, you know, then back on the water doing what they always do, fish. They love fishing. And I can imagine, you know, Peter had, has many, many days of, rem- of, of uh, many, many opportunities uh, as a young man to be out on that water and to go swimming and to to jump in the lake on a beautiful, hot, sunny day just to to refresh himself. But this was was not familiar to him whatsoever. This This was a storm with a guy walking on water before him and then Jesus asks him to do something that he that does not make sense to him, in one little bit, he says to him, come out to me on the waters. Come and join me. Come and do this walking on the water kind of thing. And as he steps out the boat, he does something that if he had really thought about it in that that moment, made absolutely no sense. But these were the unfamiliar waters of faith that he was stepping into. He was stepping into the unknown, and he experienced One of the greatest miracles that he's ever experienced. And I want to say to you, church, this morning, miracles don't happen in the boat. Miracles don't happen in the boat. Answers to prayer are not found in the place of safety and familiarity your greatest moments of faith are just one step away into the unknown and if we'll just step out of the safe and the familiar of our life and if we begin to discover the unfamiliar yet miraculous waters of the faith life then all we need to be we might just need we might just find ourselves needing to do things that Jesus asks us to do that doesn't quite make sense I just found that. Have you found that in the faith life that Jesus kind of asks you to do? That just asks you to do things that doesn't quite make sense. You know, sometimes he asks us to. You know, it doesn't always make sense to to give up the job opportunity so that we can stay connected to family and church. Or it doesn't always make sense to bring in our tithes this month when there's an important financial commitment on the horizon. It doesn't always make sense. To stop seeing that person who you've always seen, but, but you kind of know in the back of your mind they're a bad influence, but... But then Jesus begins to say, come on, you need to cut yourself off from that person. It doesn't always make sense to ignore what people say to you on your social media. It doesn't always make sense to ignore what the boss is saying about you in the background and you just getting on and being a good Christian in your workplace. It doesn't always make sense to do some things that Jesus often asks us to do. But the unknown doesn't have to be a place of fear. I don't know if you realize this, but fear and faith both say the same thing. They, they both say, what if something happens? It's just that one expects a bad consequence, the other expects a move of God. Here's what I've learned about fear and faith. Fear says the unknown is a place where disaster may strike, but faith says the unknown is just a place that I have yet to walk with God through. Faith says that the unknown is just a place that I have yet to walk with God through. And there are plenty of no- unknowns around our lives. There are plenty of unknown opportunities that we have to step into, but they don't all have to be dark valleys or stormy waters. Because fear, as fear would have you believe, instead they can just be places that we've yet to walk with God through. Come on, God wants to lead you into the unknown waters of, of witness. He wants to He wants to call, put something in you that would dare to step out and see a region. Uh, uh, Pastor Brian was saying, to, "It's Pastor Brian. I got the right name now. Try to remember everybody's name." It's really hard work when you forget names really easy. But you're saying there's like 100,000 people in this region. Within 10 kilometers of this, of this building. 100,000 people for us to reach for Jesus. If we would dare to step out into those unknown waters and, and begin to lift up our voice and begin to speak of the amazing Jesus. If we could just dare to walk across a room one day and, and step into someone else's world, the unknown waters of giving, if we could just dare to, to give a little, if dare to bring a tithe in, dare to bring it to our first fruits, dare to stretch and believe God and trust Him in provision. The unknown waters of the gifts of the Spirit, if we would just dare to prophesy, dare to lay hands of healing, Dare to step into other people's world and believe that the Holy Spirit can bring his fruits through us to bless others. If we could just dare to walk in those places that we have yet to walk with God through, knowing that he's with us, knowing that he leads us, knowing that he it's him who is already out on the waters issuing the invitation towards us. See, another reason I think that We like the familiar is that the familiar keeps Jesus in our sights. We like the familiar because Jesus, we can still see Jesus from the familiar. But here's the thing about the familiar. The familiar will keep Jesus in your sights, but faith will put you within his reach. You know, and it says, let me go back to the story for a moment. Because it says in verse 29, it says, uh, Jesus says to Peter, come. So Peter gets down out of the boat, he walks on the water and he comes towards Jesus. But when he sees the wind, he's afraid. and He begins to sink and he cries out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him, you little faith. He said, why did you doubt? I love this story. And yet the thing about this story is that we, we put all, often put all our attention on Jesus and Peter because that's who this kind of story is about. It's about Jesus walking on water and calling Peter out the boat, boat to walk on water with him. But it's, so it becomes very easy to forget that there's a whole bunch of disciples there with them. The, the G, the, Jesus and Peter are not the only people in this story. There's a, there's a whole bunch of disciples who are in the boat. They're all, they are also experiencing this story. They are also seeing Jesus walk on water towards them. They are also hearing the invitation to come, and they are also watching as Peter begins to experience this incredible miracle. They can see it all from the safety of the boat. You see, just because you're in a place that feels familiar doesn't mean you'll miss seeing Jesus and what he can do. See, we like the familiar because we can still see what Jesus is doing. Coming to church can be incredibly Familiar. We like to come to church and do what's familiar. I, I won't go for a show of hands, but I can guarantee uh, in any given church, in any part of the world, 90% of the people are all sitting in exactly the same place that you sat last Sunday. Because we like the familiar. You know, we like, i am got a feeling it's like 99% in the room, just from the look I was getting around the room. Like, yeah, okay, it's yes, like... But we can come to church and we can stay in the familiar because it's got a great view. You can go through the motions. You can lift your hands in worship. Uh, We can give in the offering because we can, and we can do it all from the the place that is comfortable and familiar. You know, the familiar's got a great view as long as we can see what God is doing, uh, as long as we can see that God is moving, uh, as long as we can see that God is doing good things in other people's lives. And, you know, in fact, we love it when other people get prophecies. We love it when other people get challenged to join a team. We love it when other people step up to to the opportunities that God is giving them. We we actually love seeing other people step up, as long as we can just stay with what's familiar. I mean, I kind of wonder if, as as Peter got out the boat that day, if there was not a whole bunch of disciples slapping him on the back and going, "Go on, Peter, you can, you can do it," And, and just, you know, but in the back of their mind, thinking, "I'm so glad Jesus didn't ask me." Because the truth is you can come to church and you can enjoy the view. But while the disciples are watching what is happening, Peter is living what is happening. And I'm not here this morning to encourage you to continue to watch what God wants to do here, but to be part, to live, and be right in the middle of what God wants to do for you as a church. Church, you were created to live, not just to watch. You see, I think... We don't get out the boat sometimes because we assume Jesus is calling someone else. I think one of the reasons we hold ourselves back is because we think that the message or the word is to someone else. So when Peter calls out to Jesus, if it's really you, Jesus, tell me to come out to you on the water. I love that, that what we don't see Jesus doing is saying, hey Peter, well done. You recognize me. I noticed no one else recognized me. Hey, disciples. <laughs> well done, Peter, because you recognize me. You can come out to, on, to me on the water. I love that. All, all I see is Jesus saying, Come. He throws an invitation out across the wind and the waves. You've got to understand something. This is a storm is going on right now. This, you know, Jesus is foot surfing. You know? he's, he's, he hasn't even got a board. I mean, that's how awesome. Jesus was. You know, he's out there on the water and he just says, come. There's an open invitation. Any one of those disciples could have joined in. Any one of those disciples could have thought, you know what, Peter, I'm not going to let you have all this moment. If Jesus is telling us to come, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm stepping out this boat. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of this. But it's amazing how only Peter gets out the boat because it's so easy for us to assume that Jesus is calling someone else. Can I encourage you, sitting in that church, this, the, the vision... The vision for this house, it's, it's not all on Pastor Peter and, Mel- and Melanie. It's not all on, you know, Brian and Dawn. It's not all on Dom and Beck. It's not all on just the, on Caleb. I've met Caleb. He's somewhere on the other side of the world. That's kind of cool, isn't it? To be a youth pastor and go to Argentina. I haven't been to Argentina. It's not on all. It's, it, this is, the vision for this house is to us all. It's to every single one of us It's not to the few It's to the many It's not, not going to be accomplished By those who are safe seated It's going to be accomplished By those who are faith filled Because Jesus is calling Every one of us out Onto the unfamiliar waters Of faith I think the other reason Why we don't get out of the boat sometimes Is because we fear failure We fear failure Band, you can come on up actually Or the keys at least Because I'm going to wrap this up In just a second And we can pray But Peter is out the boat, walking on water, not just seeing someone else's miracle, but experiencing a miracle for himself. But then he begins to sink. And I think that's part of the reason why they don't call this scripture, Peter walks on water, because um, they'd probably have to add the extra bit, Peter walks on water and sinks. (laughs) Which doesn't sound quite as inspirational when it comes to reading your Bible. Peter walks on water and sinks. But don't you, I, I think we kind of secretly love it as well. When We love it when people get the prophecies. We love it when people get challenged. We love it when people get the opportunities. But we also kind of secretly love it when they fail. Come on. come. We're, we're talking, let's be real this morning. Because we're all slightly pessimistic. Because we don't like people to get too far ahead of us. We want people, we don't want to get left behind. So when, when things don't quite go right, sometimes we can sit there and we can celebrate on the inside uh, what we might, lo- might not be a celebration on the outside. But I think that's kind of why when the, when the guys are putting the scriptures together and putting the titles in there, because the titles aren't part of the Hebrews and the Greek, if you don't know that. They thought, let's not call this Peter Walks on Water. We'll call it Jesus Walks on Water because, because Peter sank. He failed in this moment. But then this is why I love to read my Bible. Does anyone else like to read their Bible? Cause this is, and this is going to really help you. Because I think often we get this picture of Peter halfway between the boat and Jesus when he starts to sink. You know, it's kind of like here's Peter in his boat with all his disciples and the storm's kicking off and Jesus is walking on water. And, and it's kind of one of those amazing moments of biblical history that we all love to kind of, you know, it's probably been painted a million times and... You know, it's the kind of story you learn at Sunday school, because it sounds so cool. And, uh, and forevermore, you've got kids who are desperately trying to walk in water with the swimming baths, so, or, you know, you've all done that moment, you know, you all done it, haven't you, where you kind of try and like, you try and walk as quickly as you can towards the edge and keep on going, and I hope you get kind of one or two feet on the water before you go under, but guaranteed every single time the surface tension disappears on the first step, and you plunge the depths, and so it's kind of one of those stories, that we love to talk about. But I think what we do when we picture this story is we see Peter in his boat and we see the storm. In fact, we don't see it much of a storm. We just sort of see, you know, a few rough waves. But this was a storm. This was kicking off and there's Jesus and he's walking on water and there's that beautiful moment when Jesus says, come on, come. Come, Peter. It's that invitation to every single one of us to come. And there's Peter and he's getting out of the boat and it's kind of like, you know, Peter's stepping on the water and, it's, and for a moment it's, it's sheer jubilation. And just absolute I can't believe this. This is like the most incredible moment of my life as Peter steps out and he's and, and for some reason the water surface tension is holding his weight as he begins to step on the wind and the waves and you can imagine the disciples in the boat, they're all like got mouths open, they're like, Wow, we didn't actually think Peter was gonna do it. A couple of them are thinking, why didn't I get out of the water? But it's too late now because Peter's already two or three steps. But he's still, you know, I think this is the way we picture it. There's, there's Jesus is over there. And as Peter is halfway between a boat and Jesus, for some reason he gets his, he's taken his eyes off Jesus. And he begins to see the wind. He begins to see the waves and the doubt creeps into his life. And he begins to sink. And it's almost as if, the sinking is representative of the doubt that's now beginning to creep in as he begins to go ankle deep, as he begins to go knee deep. and Thankfully, Jesus is on hand to rescue him. But do you know what the Bible doesn't say? It doesn't say that Jesus ran forward, grabbed a hold of Peter before he went under the waves. It says, if we read the scripture, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Peter withstood arms reached from Jesus when he began to sink. See failing is not a problem when you're standing next to Jesus. In fact the best place to fail is when you're standing next to Jesus if you're going to fear failure you're going to fear even getting out the boat even finding yourself in his presence but if you will allow his voice if you will allow his invitation to find its place in your heart this morning to come out onto the unfamiliar waters you don't have, there is nothing to fear when you're standing In his presence. You see, the familiar has a great view, but the unfamiliar waters of faith have his presence. And I'd rather have his presence over just being able to see what God is doing. Come on, church, maybe this morning the reason why you're still waiting for that miracle is because there's a boat, there's a place of the familiar that needs to be exited from. Maybe the reason you believe you're not seeing that breakthrough this morning is because Jesus has already said, come. He's already invited you into this party. He's already invited you to step forward. To come out of the place of familiarity and safe and to, to come out onto the waters of faith. And yet, for some reason, we're still in the boat. Maybe we're, we're waiting for the water to become a little less choppy. Maybe we're waiting for the storm to die down. Uh, When everything else, when it all feels a little bit safer, when it all feels a little less dramatic, when it all feels a little less deep, then I'll step out. And yet, in the familiar, you can still see what Jesus is doing, but it's on the unfamiliar waters of faith that you'll find yourself in his presence. If you're looking for a touch from Jesus this morning, you've got to bring him. You've got to bring him something out onto the waters. He's not coming into the boat. He's calling you out into a place of faith. If you're looking to be caught up by Jesus, then you need to step out onto the water. If you, you have to be in His presence to be caught by His power. You'll not experience the presence of God in your daily walk with Him if you don't have time to be caught up in His house, caught up in His presence, caught up in devotion. Don't be late for the party. Don't miss out on what God is wanting to do. Come if you're wanting, if you're looking to be rescued by Him, you need to take that first step. Salvation is found in His presence, not in the familiar, but stepping out, knowing I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the I haven't answered all the questions that I have, but I realize that He's inviting me out onto the water this morning. Coming in. And he invites you this morning. He wants to invite you, church to come out onto some unfamiliar waters. I want to prophesy, I want to declare for you as a church that even though you've been through great change in the last 12 months, that God is still leading you into unfamiliar places. God doesn't take you through change in order to bring you into safe. He takes you through change in order to bring you into power to bring you into a place of His presence. See, God wants to do some incredible things in this place. God wants to to bring healing into this place. God wants to bring salvation like never before into this place. God wants to use you. I love that there's such a community heart on this church. That is no mistake. That's not because well, we didn't have anything else to do. No, it's because God's put a unique mandate upon this house to care for this city, for to care for this town, to care for this region, to bring His love in a unique and fulfilling way. and. It's not going to happen if we stay in the place of the familiar. If we go down the same streets or we go to the same people, but we begin to open our doors and we begin to open our hearts and we begin to open our lives to the other people who live on our street, to the other people who live in our town. To There's a, a part of this town that you guys have never been into. Just feel like it's a part that no church has gone to. Is this a town or a city? Sorry, I it is a city. I just want to make sure I use the right words. I just sense there's a part of this city that feels like oh, there's no church has gone into. People, don't say, people say don't go down there. People don't go to that area. And I just sense the Holy Spirit saying you guys are going to have unique inroads into that, into those streets. God's going to open some doors uh, for you guys. Because uh, God loves to take us to places that are unfamiliar. Can I hear an amen? Come on, who's, who's, who's ready to allow faith to lead them? to hear the invitation of Jesus saying come on come on City, City Net Church come on out onto these unknown waters come walk with me a while and let me begin to do the spectacular let me do the amazing and this is not a call just to a few but it's called to every single one of us and if there's a failure right now don't worry because the good news is God is out on the water God is where he is wanting to lead you. He doesn't he's not standing behind saying go. He's standing already out in the place where he's taking you and he's saying, Hey, come. Come and join me in what is happening. Why don't we stand in this place? Come on, stand to your feet and lift your hands to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Come on, lift your hands in this place right now. Would you just begin to pray with me? Come on, we just begin to pray for the city come and begin to pray for the people in your world I just sense as I've been speaking some of you have been thinking about family members who don't come to church some of you have been thinking about work colleagues when no one talks about Jesus God's saying come on come come on, step out step out into the unknown the unknown sharing your faith the talking about having just had a great Sunday come on if that's you just begin to pray for them begin to pray for them right now all across this place Holy Spirit call Shaka raba Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we want miracles. Holy Spirit, we want walking on water days. Holy Spirit, we want this church. I love that it's on a hill; that it would be, but it, for it to be a light on this hill, to to shine across this city, people would see the cross people would know you people would begin to drive in on a Sunday morning just being drawn Lord to the light that is on a hill but Lord let us be that light let us be that light in our families let us be that light in our workplaces let us be that light Lord wherever we go Lord lead us out into these unfamiliar waters Jesus name Jesus name thank you God mighty God Mighty God. I'm going to hand back to Pastor Damo. De- Why I got Dom in my head? I, in, give me two, in two minutes. Because I, Can I just pray for a couple of people? Is that alright? And, and um, I'd, I'd love to pray for uh, Brian and Dawn, who looked after us so nicely this morning. Drove so well. I got a feeling you drive faster normally, don't you? <laughs> no, no, he's a good man. He's a good man. In your youth, I heard. But um, you're a special couple. And... Um, it takes a lot to leave stuff and, and, and just plonk plunk yourself in a whole new town. and it Seems like God's been doing that a few years with you guys from your story that you told us. But you know, I just felt the Holy Spirit say in the worship, because you got your caravan packed out there, and um, I just sent God saying, it's time to sell the caravan, because there's an upgrade coming. I don't know if that means actually sell the caravan, but I'll let you work that one out might be pictorial but i just sense god's got an upgrade coming that that you've done life at this level but god wants to take you up to a new level i see that spiritually for you guys you've done life at this level god wants to lift you up to a new level and there's a there's a danger you know as you do get older that and you guys have done many changes and been part of many churches that you can kind of almost feel like time. Maybe now, now, now's the season for us. It's good for us to be in the backseat and, you know, just encourage the young ones. <laughs> but, but I really feel the Holy Spirit saying, no, no, you're still, you're still, there's still movement to take place in your life. I don't mean going elsewhere. So That's okay. I think this is good. <laughs> but I sense just in authority and a sense in your spirit that God wants to do an upgrade. And I uh, just see you guys just being able to pray with people. And and I have see you kind of, you've prayed, there are things that you've prayed for that you've not seen happen. And there are things that you've, the stuff that you've believed for, that you've tried to break through on, and in the past. But because you, you're good and faithful, you keep praying it, and you keep praying it, and you keep praying it. And you keep praying it, but I've that those things that you've prayed for in the past that have not happened are suddenly going to be released to you. And it's like God's seen your faithfulness and God's seen your love and he's about to lift you up into that new level. In Jesus' name. Father God, pray, lift your hands towards this couple. Father God, we pray you bless them. We pray for a, fre- a fresh anointing upon Brian and a fresh anointing on Dawn that your Holy Spirit would fill them. And Lord, whatever work you are doing in their life right now, Lord, and you know the details and you know the prayers, Lord, that always seem to be, seem to be held back, God. We pray, Lord, would you release them now in Jesus' name. Lord, let there be a upgrade taking place in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus amen amen so good can I just also just mr. bass player do you do anything else in church life other than play bass to play the <laughs> just 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 step forward a second right because what's your name Sanawa. Uh, Sanawa. Sanawaha. Wow. Where's that from? Fiji. Fijian. There's an authority on your life. There's a real authority in your life. And since sense, God's been asking you to step forward. And you've been kind of like, Oh, who am I? And God's been sort of challenging you to step forward and you're saying, Oh, but but I'm just, you know, I'm just me. Like I'll just play base guard and but God said, no, there's an I just see an authority in your life. There's authority in your voice. There's an authority to speak. There's an authority in you to, to be more than just playing the bass and playing the drums. And uh, I, know, I know nothing of you. And these guys have said nothing to me about you. But just as you were speaking, as you were praying, gosh, I could sense, gosh, you've got a you've got a depth in the Word of God. And you've got a depth in your spirit that is powerful is amazing and there's a scripture that says you know the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective and God says you are a righteous man and your prayers will be powerful and effective if you will trust in me and if you will speak them out and you're gonna go to pastor Peter and when he gets back and says what can I do I wanna I wanna how can I pray more how can I lead more Or teach me because God wants to do something really special in your life I just see authority and it's authority that every church needs we need men and women Filled with the authority of God to lead and to carry that. So I, I just I, let me just pray for you this morning. Father God bless San, whatever his name is. Sanawaka. 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 You must have had a short version. Yeah. Sana. 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 Why do you say that? Sana, I can do that. <laughs> bless Sana. Father God, we thank you for your anointing on his life. And uh, Lord, we just want to, we, we pray for a fresh anointing, fresh anointing. And Lord, where there's been reluctance in his heart, or where there's been, there's been voices that have said, uh, I uh, who am I, who am I? to do this, Lord, that instead he begin to see that he's already qualified in the kingdom of God, that he's already called by Jesus in the kingdom of God, because God wants to do a great and mighty work through each and every one of us, and so we pray, Lord, would you reveal that to him, would you lead him in that, and Lord, let the fresh anointing of your spirit fall upon his life, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, you can keep playing your bass for the moment. And uh, so, let me pray for uh, Beck and Damo as well, because I love praying for the leaders when, when I come into places. Come on out, guys, quickly, and just lift your hands towards this couple. And you guys have been part of this church for many years, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Takes a bold man to wear a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt <laughs> with a suit, with a jacket. I'm applauding you right now. Uh, lift your hands towards heaven. Father God, bless this couple. Bless this couple. Bless this couple. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I love it when I don't know much about people's lives because I just feel like the Holy Spirit. Oh gosh. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit we just thank you for these guys we thank you for their faithfulness we thank you for their sonship and daughtership in this house the hearts for the prayers that they've prayed the words that they've spoken oh Father God I just thank you thank you Jesus I just got this strange image but it's like it's like you guys there's a it's like a jet engine of a plane that's just been leaking jet fuel. And uh, it feels like there's been a, it's just, there's been times when the, the engine started to, to go, but the, the fuel is leaked. There's leaking and there's like a stalling and there's a, it's just, it's just trying to get things going and it's just stalling and stalling. But You'll like this because it's a, I got this, You'll you probably, you, you probably know the movie. Honestly, the Holy Spirit speaks in the weirdest way sometimes. But there is a movie. I won't, I won't mention what movie it is, but you probably know it. But it. There's a leaking jet fuel and some guy sets a lighter to it and it flies along where the leak spin, been and, the, and then the, and the plane explodes. And you know what? I just feel the Holy Spirit saying He's about to light the fuel in your life. And we often want... We think... That we're meant to fly in our own strength. But there's an explosion of God's power that is ready to happen all over your lives. It doesn't happen because we press the button, because we try to get the engine started. It happens because the fire of the Holy Spirit burns something up and sets something on fire. And so, Father God, I pray, Lord, would you begin to set these guys on fire? There's a fresh fire coming. There's a fresh fire coming. There's a fresh move of the Holy Spirit coming. Fresh fire. To see the gifts beginning to be released, a new strength beginning to be released. It's going to feel like for you guys an explosion. It's going to feel like that you're going to step into a brand new day. You're going to wake up in the morning. And it's like this is brand new. This is new. This is not the same as before. This is different. This is a. This is a. This is. You got to stop looking. Stop referring to the past. Stop referring to the things that have been done before. This is a brand. God's going to do brand new things in brand new ways. There, there is nothing going to be the same about this next season. God's and it's going to feel like everything else is just burnt up. But there's an. But there's power and there's strength and there's a move of God that's happening, all over you guys. And where it felt like there was a leak, now there is simply His fire. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, anoint this man to lead and anoint him, Lord, to speak and anoint him, Lord, to speak with even greater authority than before. Bless Beck, Lord, anoint her too, Lord, in all that she does. As she leads, as she speaks, that I just see women coming around you, see people coming around you that, that wouldn't have normally come around. And Lord, there's a leadership that's happening in this couple that, are, that is lifting up the arms of the senior pastors, It's bringing strength and vitality into the very heart of this church in Jesus' name. Everybody said, "Amen." Do you love these guys? Come on, if you love them, give them a big hand. And uh, I think I think I think I've got to wrap it up. But why don't we just lift our hands towards heaven and uh, let's just pray? Let me just pray for you as a church, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Lord, Uh, Lord. We just want to thank you for what you're doing here. And Lord, let us never be settled but help each and every one of us to step out in a fresh new way this, this week. And uh, Lord, just help, Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that, that every Sunday there'll be a gathering of the saints, that we'd be hungry for you, and every weekday, Lord, as this church goes out to care for this city, Lord, that we would be all part of that. Lord, give us a fresh anointing, give us a fresh urgency for the gospel. And uh, Lord, we pray, Lord, that the work that you've already begun now would accelerate and would grow. We pray for Pastor Peter, for Pastor Melanie, Lord, for their kids, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would bless them, you'd anoint them afresh. And Lord, let this be uh, just the greatest season of their life, uh, filled with new surprises and, and pr- filled with new, new excitement. Fresh words and fresh people, Lord, gathering around them. To see the kingdom of God lifted up in this city and beyond. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning. Thanks guys for having me.